Alrighty, welcome to the second episode of Hashing It Out with Javi. Um, I wanted to start this episode off first by saying I am, uh, we are rather, completely overwhelmed with the amount of um, positive uh, responses uh, to the first podcast. So I decided to have my son Christopher back on the second podcast just because um, we touched on some topics that I think really hit home with a lot of people. Uh, and I showed you some of those responses and we talked about them. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. it's wildly, um, it's overwhelming to me the amount of people that that one simple podcast touched. And I'm going to be completely frank in saying that I was in my fills. <laughs> uh, a couple people, not a couple, actually, uh, a bunch of people um, were in, were messaging me, telling me about their stories, uh, about problems they had in their life. Uh, everything from really bad broken marriages to relationships to um, PTSD to suicide. Uh, and we're talking about how uh, mental health was a big thing in their life and finding the right, the right counselor was an extremely important thing for them to help them kind of move forward in their lives. And so I just want to start off first by saying thank you so much to everybody who uh, listened thank to Thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, everybody who listened to our first podcast and um, not just listened to it, but got something out of it. And, and for all those who thanked me for talking about it, cause I think a lot of people, the most thanks I got was, Hey, thanks for talking about this from a male perspective. Um, uh, because we don't get to have, or we don't talk about our feelings as much and our feelings as much. And we don't, uh, it's, it's harder for us, I guess. And so um, thank you guys for sharing all the stories. We appreciate it. Um, it's why we're here. Podcast too. Right, Christopher? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> um, why we're here doing another one, just because we thought it was cool, man. And I thought it was a real, like I said, I was overwhelmed. I was in my feels. Um, I'm beyond thankful for everybody, everybody, everybody who told me all their stories. I mean, I don't want to give out too much, but everything, like I'm telling you, everything from just broken hearts to suicide. And, you know, people gave me their stories about their lives and how suicide impacted their lives, you know, and, uh, Mental health is a real thing. And for all those out there who are struggling, please, please find help. There's help out there. It could take some time, but there is help out there. And it does help. We're examples of it helping. <laughs> you know? It's a real thing. Um, so we just, you know, again, um, I, I've been asked again in the last week, probably a hundred times, like what my topics are going to be. <laughs> I think the way I'm going to put it, and a friend of mine told me this the other day, like, the conversation is the topic, right? We're just going to have conversational yeah. pieces. Uh, me and my kid are going to let you into our lives a bit, a little bit about us, and just discuss topics. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't have a topic. I'm not going to talk about soccer or working out or Definitely being a not fat soccer. guy. <laughs> Definitely not soccer. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, the topic, I'm going to, just so you guys know in the future, I plan on interviewing people from all walks of life. For instance, um, I have... Uh, a woman who has an OnlyFans account, Christopher earmuffs, um, you know. But I want to, I want to have her on so she could talk about her experience with that and why she's doing it and why it's important to her and that kind of thing. You know, I, I'm going to have, I have a guy who's super hardcore conservative who wants to be on the podcast and talk about his viewpoints. Um, I have somebody who's like a bleeding heart liberal. Uh, they want to talk about their their issues. Um, I'm also going to have people in my life just from when I was a young boy until now who have been part of my life and who know me so you guys can kind of get to know who i am as well so um there's going to be a whole myriad of of 
people that I interview over the time <clears throat> that I'm doing this, and none of them are going to be any particular uh, topic that's going to carry on for a long time. I hope not. I want to make it fun, conversational, that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, so, Christopher. Yes. <laughs> how have you been, bro? I've been good. Yeah? I've been, past two weeks have just been school all night for me sometimes. Are you actually going to school? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, and the quarter's over. Just so everyone knows, <laughs> I get a text at least three times a week saying he missed a class. I think these kids are cheating. I think the teachers are cheating. But maybe, I think my teachers forget things sometimes. <clears throat> maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. The Rona life. So um, we were talking some more about life and kind of how our life has changed in the last six or seven months. Um, and I know right well, it wasn't right pre-COVID, but it was a few months before COVID. Like, you had got your first car. Oh, it was way before COVID. It was way before COVID. But way I mean, before. You were just beginning to drive, what I'm saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is in the in the scheme of life and time, like, those six months are really nothing. Like, you just got your car. You just started using it. Yeah. You were still 16 at the time. Still sucked at driving. <clears throat> yeah, you were still learning how to drive, that kind of thing. But you weren't really free at the time. And then you became, like, more of a, what I would say, a young man, right? 17 or whatever. And then Rona hits. <laughs> and then now you have a car and a license and you can't even use it as much as you want to like how 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 does that feel does that suck i mean it does but there's not what are you gonna do about it yeah <laughs> i just like I just, some of those things i've come to accept i guess i just feel bad because when i was your age i was like never home like i was always out and about like and I probably drove grandma crazy because of that. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drove her crazy uh, in a lot of ways. And we're going to touch on that at some points in this podcast for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I just feel bad because I feel like you're not able to live, uh, quote unquote, as Cardi would say, your best life. I mean, you know what I mean, I'm pretty good. I go out like when I want to. Yeah. You still do your dance thing too on the weekends. Yeah, that on the weekends. That's cool. I just feel like. I feel like your your generation's been robbed of something, you know what I mean? I don't whatever it is, it just feels like you've been robbed of something, you know? Definitely. Um, we also got robbed of other things too. Uh, yeah, for sure. Some of us at least. But at least we get food delivered to the house and we yeah. can be fat. At least me, not you. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know a, another thing that people um talked a lot about was sort of our relationship, right? And a lot of people were like, hey, man, you and your kid have a really good relationship and you can see it. It comes through. It's organic. And for sure. And again, I'm going to tell everybody, we've had our challenges. We've had a lot have of challenges. challenges. We have our challenges. But we do love each other and we are very much um, father and son. But he's yeah, also been like sure. a buddy to me growing up. Yeah. Right. Because well, you had me when you were like a kid. Still, yeah. Basically. Yeah. I was 23 when you were born. Yeah. 22 when I found out you were going to come into this world and yeah so um and people were like well you're 23 that's pretty old but to be honest no, that's, <laughs> not, 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 your brain's not even fully developed yeah yet. think of it this way that was like five years older than you when i had you yeah that's, that's <laughs> gross <laughs> so so but um and it's it's a it's a life-changing thing and though and a lot of people talk about not being ready right like i'm not ready to yeah. be a parent or i'm not ready to be in a relationship and i think that's kind of a silly thing just simply because um life has a funny way and i think it's a designed way i think it's part of being a human where you become ready you yeah, know you become for ready sure. and well i think it's almost like there's no way you can be ready 
so much so that like you just end up being ready yeah you just become ready i mean the reality is um a lot of people miss out on a lot of life because they're waiting for that thing to happen they're waiting to find that job they're waiting to you know find that special person (laughs) i know somebody that's just like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um what i'm saying is that a lot of people miss out on a lot of stuff because they're just waiting 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 but they're not finding the bravery to just jump in and do it. And sometimes for like when, when you get hit, cause you know, you were not planned, you know that we've talked about that before, but, um, are most people really, <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but again, you just become ready when it, when it happens, it happens and nature and life. And I think it's a, it's a, it's like a biochemical thing that happens to us where we become ready. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I always tell people, and I might've mentioned this in the last podcast, or I mentioned this before in life a lot. Like the minute you were put in my arms, I grew a vagina. You know what I mean? I became <laughs> a different person, you know, pre that I didn't care about anything. I, I was just an animal, you know, and, uh, something changes. And it definitely, it's science though, by the way, we know that things yeah. change in your brain, your, your, your brain chemical makeup changes and you become a parent. That's what it is. Now that's not to say that all people become parents because there's some shitty parents out yeah, there who sure. never become parents, you know? Um, so we've had sort of a, a dynamic in this household, definitely a single parent household. Yeah. Um, and how, I mean, what do you think about that? Cause I have my thoughts on that. Cause I feel like I made some mistakes there. I, I, not some, a lot of mistakes there, but what are your thoughts on growing up in a single, from your point of view? Oh, well, I feel like for the most part, it's usually fine for the most part, but I think, I don't know. I think, Every man needs the gentle touch of a woman at least some point, you know? So <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. However that may come. Yeah. And so I think when I said I, make, I made mistakes, I think the biggest mistake I made was thinking that it was more important for me to be there for you than it was for me to be a whole person and being there for yeah. you at the same time. Yeah. So let me kind of explain that to the people who are listening. So I think um, a lot... A lot of women I see are actually asking me the question of should they date, um, you know, after they're being a single mom, like should they date? And they're like, no, I don't. And I talk to them like, no, I don't want to date. I'm going to focus on my kids. And how, and me, my experience now after ra- you're a young man now, right? So yeah. I raised you from your little boy to a young man. Yeah. I can say this now because I know it out of experience is the reality is I put my dating life on hold for yeah. many many years so a, did. a lot of people ask me like why are you single like you have it together like you have a great job you have a good career you've you have all the things that could be good in a relationship why are you single and i'm like well you know 70 plus years ago when i got full custody to my son like you were not in a good place and my focus at that point time time in life was like i'm gonna put my relationships aside and be a father to this kid because this is what he needs right now but i let that go on too long you did yeah for sure <laughs> And so instead of, um, you know, realizing, and this is something that I, I wish all, and I hope all single parents who are out there really focused on their kids, I'm not telling you not to focus on your kids. But what I'm telling you is that you cannot be the best parent or human being to your child if you're not full. So if your cup is not full, how do you pour into someone else's cup? You know what I mean? And yeah. being full means having meaningful relationships with other adults. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you stop um, being a human, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I made that mistake. And looking back now, I realized that had I involved someone in our life, 
I was worried about bringing someone in our life and that like you would be like no and opposed. And you, when you were young, you would be opposed to, you would say, I don't want no more brothers or sisters. And you would say funny stuff like that. Oh yeah. Because yeah. some of them had kids. <laughs> well, one of them had kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some of them, I haven't brought that many women in your life, bro. Settle down. Um, but uh, the one serious person I dated to have a kid and it was just kind of a strange thing for sure. And that, but that was a bad relationship period though, looking back, you know, so I was also just too young. You were young and it was early on in our situation and that kind of thing for sure. Um, but again, what all I'm saying is that people who have, uh, who are single parents, especially single moms, single dads, not especially both, just keep in mind that you cannot be the best parent and the best human you can be unless you're full, unless your cup's full yeah. too. That's the best way I can say matters it. too. hundred percent. And so if you're not fully, you know, up, you know, correctly in your head. How are you going to do the same for your kids? Right. And so you're not fully happy unless you have those adult interactions. So, um, I hear a lot of people, this is a big thing too amongst modern women is like, you know, I'm independent. I can do it on my own. I don't need a man you know, I'm a single mom. I can do it on my own. And that's I'm like, hell yeah, you can for sure. A hundred percent. You can absolutely. It's 2020, man. If you think you can't raise kids alone then you're a fucking loser or you're lazy or something else, it's hard for sure. You can do it though. But, and it's a big, but it's a B U U U U U U T, but you know what I mean? If I was texting this, he'd be like B U U U T, but <laughs> it's a huge, but, but it doesn't mean it's the most optimal thing either. You yeah. know what I mean? So, can you do it alone? Sure. Should you? Nah. I think, I think, um, and like you said, we could have used a feminine energy in this household. Mm, you know, for sure. my son's really smart people. And, and the reality is you are, you're smart, but the reality is like the feminine energy, it's a balance. Right. And so to me, like men and women bring a, a, a different level of, um, a different level of like skills into a relationship, a different or design to coexist. Yes, absolutely. The yin and the yang, a hundred percent. And to sit here and say that you can do it alone. Sure. Of course you can, but should you probably not? You know, I think, uh, the male and the feminine, uh, masculine and feminine energies when it comes to raising kids, you know, yeah, it's the most important thing ever. Like, especially, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Cause I, I have some questions that came in from, followers so i asked i asked followers on my instagram right so i have a decent sized following and and i asked myself what do you want to hear me talk about and um the reoccurring theme which was wild and we're going to get into it was single moms and raising single moms asking me do you think a single mom can raise a young man to a young boy into a young man and then into a man mm-hmm. and that's a really good topic it's a really good topic um and I can tell you this, I was, me personally, I was raised by a single mom pretty much. I mean, my, my parents were married. I, well, maybe I'll take that back. Different spin on it. Uh, my mom was married till I was probably about 11, 12 years old or so. Uh, my dad was uh, an abusive alcoholic, not a very good man. Um, then my mom divorced him. And then um, about the same time your situation happened is at the same time my situation happened in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we have very similar kind of, we have a very similar story, but the difference is it was your mom versus my dad, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, uh, being raised by a single mom, um, was ch- I'm sure it was beyond challenging for grandma, grandma. Cause I wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. 
still aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've heard the stories, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and you only know so many of them. You're going to hear yeah. a lot more as you get older. But um, I had my dad in my life until I was, you know, 10, 11 years old, maybe 12-ish, maybe. Um, and then after that, I kind of came from a broken home, you know what I mean? And I was uh, a pretty broken child, you know, and, and I did a lot of crazy things and got a lot of trouble. Um, but then grandpa came into my life and he was a male figure, you know what I yeah. mean? So he was, and he's somebody who no matter how hard, this is why I love that man. And I will always love him is no matter how hard I was on him when I was young and I was hard, I was really hard. Like I, there was times where like, man, I, I was just a, <laughs> I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was a, a misguided youth. You know, he never turned his back on me. Yeah. You know, so um, I just wanted I just wanted to tell the, the people that are listening to this right now, kind of my background. So when I talk about uh, a, a woman raising a young man, I can kind of fill in why I have that kind of opinion in a sense. Right. And um, I think the problem is versus where I grew up, I had men in my life. Yeah. Right. I had yeah. I had good role models in my life. And I so, still have women in my life, too. You yeah, know? Absolutely. So uh, yeah, exactly. You it, yeah. so from your perspective of not having a mom, you still have I great still have women, great in your women, life, right? Yeah, yeah like grandma. I would I would call grandma like your second mom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and sure. I would call your Nina like your cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> His Nina's my sister, man, and my mom and my sister have stepped up big time. So Chris has had good examples yeah. of what women should be in his yeah. life. I had good examples. So for me, it doesn't matter as much when it comes to being like when I say I was raised by a single mom. I say that because my mom was quote unquote independent you know what i mean yeah. she was raising kids she put herself through college um you know she had two boys and that kind of thing and and uh she was a single mom for a period of time but i also had good role models my uncle john john is an example yeah right? for sure i i worship the ground that man walked on <laughs> i swear yeah. to god i still do he's an amazing man yeah. You know, and even though like we're now only a few years apart and we hang out all the time and we have this cool thing, I don't think he'll ever understand how much I really worship the ground he walked <laughs> on. And he was a good role model, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, but back to single moms who are raising, who are truly raising, truly single moms who don't have a male figure around that are raising boys. I think that's a difficult task to have because I think, I don't think I've actually read some books uh, a few years back that were psychology books and they talked about how little boys from the minute they're born until they're about 10 years old, they need their mom, mm -hmm. you know, they need their mom. Cause that's kind of the loving cush kind of cushiness that they give them. Like here, this kind of a, a compassionate, it's a way to kind of, they, they just need that loving and compassion at that point in their life. And then after about 10, 11 years old, um, they need their fathers in their life to kind of be a little bit hard on them yeah. to kind of set the guide rules in yeah. life about, Hey, this is how you're going to be a man, yeah. but more than their fathers. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize that's important. And it's one thing that I wish I, I would have found for you. And I didn't, and I really regret this. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately is that little boys, even though they have their fathers from a single, if a single mother's raising a little boy and, um, uh, you know, even if there is, even if even they weren't a single mom, but there there's a, there's someone raising this, a little boy and there's a father, they little boys still need role models. Yeah, right. It's why little boys look up to Jordan, they look up to Kobe, yeah. they look up to somebody. It's a role model. You know, in my role, my role model in life was John John. Like yeah. he was who I looked up to. You know what I mean? He was someone that was like, oh man, he's got his shit together. He went to college, first person in their family to go to college and graduate and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so little boys from zero to ten need their moms. From about 11 to 15, 16, need their father, but they also need male role models that teach them what it's like to be yeah. a man. 
you know? So a father can only do so much. Yeah. So to women who don't, who are raising little boys, what I will tell you is I really feel and I really believe that you can absolutely do it. Um, the way my mother did it is she beat the shit out of me a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was always in trouble. She yeah. had to be tough. You know what I mean? She had to put me in my place. And I look back at those times in my life and I say, and I, I tell her often, I joke around about it often. And I say, grandma, you know, grandma, your grandma. I say, mom, <laughs> I said, mom, thanks for uh, all those ass whoopings. Because if it wasn't for those ass whoopings, I probably would be dead or in jail. They kept me in line. They really did. <laughs> you know what I mean? They really did. Um, but I really think that in order in order to teach a young man how to be a man, it takes a man. Yeah, and it's the same way as me. If I had a, if I was a single father of a, of a daughter, not a son. Yeah, there's no way I could teach a young girl how to be a woman. Yeah, she would have to have other role models and other people in her life to kind of show her how to do how to be a woman. I could never teach her. I, I don't know how to be a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you sure? Maybe. <laughs> But you, you you get what I'm getting at, you know yeah. what I mean? I can I could there's no way I could ever teach a little girl how to be a woman. In the same way I think that a single mom who has no male figure in her in her son's life yeah. could ever teach him how to be a young man. And so what I'm getting at is for all you single moms out there, if you're in that situation, um find a role model. That doesn't have to be their it doesn't have to be your kid's father. It could be your older brother, your younger brother, it could be a Nino, it yeah. could be a family friend, it could be there's that big brother program. There's a reason why there's a big brother program yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Because little boys need a role model to look up to that teaches them how to be a man. If not, we're gonna continue to see what we see in society. And I'm gonna poke on your generation a bit here. <laughs> you always do. Oh yes. Cause it scares me. We're going to see all these skinny jean wearing feminine boys out there. You know what I mean? Who are like being, you know, being raised by single moms that, that, and the thing is moms are, they're nurturing, they're caring. That's what they do by nature. Right. Yeah. But boys have to have a little bit of a backlash. They have to have something to push on them a bit. You know, there's a, that's important. It's really, really important. And I think we really have to take into consideration that it's okay to be a single mom. Of course you can do it. All those things are important. But raising little boys requires at least somewhat of an image they can look up to of what a man should be. And a man, for sure, should be respectful, loving, caring, empathetic. But he should also have very masculine features to himself. Yeah. Not very, but just he should have some masculine properties about himself so that he can be a protector in society when he grows up, so that he could be a good, loving, caring person. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to get hung out the dry with this conversation and my thoughts. But I'll tell you what. Go read some books because I read some books on this topic a long time ago. And this is, this is, this came from like psychologists and this is basically what I had read. Um, which is why I always thought it's really important for me in front of you to be a man. You know what I mean? To show you what, this is what a man does. And what does a man do? He gets up, he busts his ass every day. He provides, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you've never had to worry about anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what men do. So be a man. If not, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> So um, <clears throat> we talked about grandma and grandpa. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on grandma and grandpa because I know how important they are to us. But, yeah. But let's talk about them for a bit, man. I feel like they definitely balance us out because they're very involved in, in us. You know, we see we live like two blocks away from them. We see them all the time. Right. And, you know, they both you know, help raise me. They've They've taught me, you know, a lot of stuff, you know. When I was younger and even now. They've yeah. taught you everything, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
we, we've been blessed, right? We've been blessed with examples yeah. of uh, what I would say a real woman should be, yeah, what a real, real man, man should, should be, be. Yeah. and what a real mom should be and what a real dad should be, yeah. what a real grandma should be, yeah. what a real grandpa should be. There's what? There's there's 10 grandbabies now or 11? I don't know. They just keep coming. I believe there's 10 of them and one in heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But we have a huge family and we're very blessed. We are for sure. And uh, our parents, my parents, have been a critical role uh, in my life and growing up. Even when I was becoming a parent, even when I was, yeah. when I found out you were going to be born. <laughs> Here's a funny story for you. It's a funny story to everybody right now. I'll let you guys all in, our, in my little life. Um, <clears throat> when I found out you, when I found out your mother was pregnant, uh, it was not expected at all. Uh, total surprise. But I am one of those people that I have a guilty conscience. I cannot be a liar. I cannot be a bullshitter. It's just not. A, it's just not a part of who I am as a person, as a human. Yeah. So, uh, and I can never lie to grandma. And I can never lie to grandpa. You know what I mean? As much as I want to. And so. Uh, me and your mother were like, oh, we'll talk to, we'll, we'll tell them, but we'll plan it and we'll do it together. And your mother came over for dinner one time here out in Oxnard. We had just moved out. We had just, not me, I wasn't living out here yet, but the grandparents had moved out here to Oxnard. And we sat down at the dinner table. It was me, your mom, the grandparents, and I think maybe Jessica and Johnny. They were little kids. They were <laughs> yeah, little they were, babies little at the time. <clears throat> and um, I'm sitting at the table and I'm eating and I felt so guilty. I just felt so guilty sitting there. Like that's the Catholic sin in me. You know what I mean? It's a Catholic guilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we're sitting at the table, sitting at the dinner table and I look at my grandma and she looks at me. I'm like, God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> and then grandma, and then mom, you know, mom, call her mom, right? My mom looks at me and I look at her and I'm like, uh, she looks at me, she goes, what? And I said, she's pregnant. <laughs> and my mom goes, grandma goes, what? <laughs> what? She's, what are you going to do? She's, what are you going to do? She's pregnant? And I was like, oh, shit. And your mom looked at me and she was like, why? And I was like, I can't lie to my mom. I can't sit here at their table and have dinner Dinner and eat and then have this secret. That's like the biggest secret of our life. Like it's the first grandbaby. grandbaby. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do that. And so (laughs) it's a funny story for you. Um, But they have been critically important. And I know at first grandma and grandpa were like, what? The hell because they weren't ready to be grandparents <laughs> let me give you an example when they became grandparents let's see i was 23 21 so they were like they were basically like two years older than me right now when they became grandparents yeah. so it would be like me becoming a grandparent yeah, if you made me a grandparent i'll punch you in your face bro don't do that shit um but so it was just it was it was uh it was a wild thing but anyways ever since then um grandma and grandpa became grandma and grandpa yeah. and they've been a huge part of your life. And I think a lot of people don't realize how important grandparents can be for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. And a lot of people say they have like, they're like, my grandma's the best, but I truly think my grandparents are the best. Yeah. Yeah. They have, uh, they do so, so much it's hard for everyone so else. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they do so much for so many people. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they're loved by so many people because of that, you know, and they're just good people, man. I'm, yeah, We've been really blessed, and uh, a lot of people um, love their mom and dad. But man, boy, do I love our mom and our dad! They're amazing, yeah. and your grandparents—they're good. So, um, kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit, just because people <clears throat> have been asking a little bit about me and my life, and kind of who I am. 
and there's just so much because I really am like the man of a thousand stories, <laughs> and and not all of them are good. I was a I was an absolute animal when I was a young man, um, and I'm gonna have some guests on in the next in the very near future, um, booking times now just so people know to kind of talk about me as a young man, uh, from the ages of my parents kind of divorcing and me going sort of down the dark path is what I'll call it, <laughs> down a rough road. Um, until all the way through my thirties. And I'm going to talk with a lot of friends just so people can understand kind of who I am, a little bit of background about me, but I kind of want to give background about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and, um, Oh, there's another thing. So for those of the, for those of you who keep asking me kind of the story as to why I have full custody, I'm never going to dig deep Not into that. Too deep, yeah. yeah. Cause the reality is there's some things that should be left alone. And the reality is like I've told you, um, I have, uh, it, none of that ever mattered to me as long as I was able to yeah. raise you and take care of you and to that, that story there, there's some things that, um, that should be remain private. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. And, uh, at the end of the day, my baby's mama's my baby's mama. Yeah. And can't change that. And yeah, exactly. And no matter all the things that have been done from a very, very almost negative and disgusting perspective, I would never talk bad about her, right? And I've never, yeah. like, you know that, right? I've yeah. always told you that. Um, I, so you guys know, I've always told my son that's his mom. It's always going to be his mom. We're going we're gonna to learn to forgive and move on yeah. and live our lives. And so for those of you that keep asking kind of why I have custody, what happened, those kinds of things, you can keep asking, but I'm not going to share that. There's some stuff that should remain private. Um, although I think that it could totally... Um, it would be a good topic at some point, but not right now. Not right now. Yeah. So let's leave that one alone. <laughs> um, I'm going to be all up in our business. For sure. <laughs> for sure. We'll talk about our business after I have full custody of you and forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or we can talk even before that. But just as far as that topic goes, we're going to leave that one alone. Yeah. Out of respect. Right? So um other things people were talking to me about because some people saw on my instagram from a long time ago that like i'm pro 2a right like i'm mm. about guns right i've always been pro 2a now before anyone judges me <clears throat> being pro a doesn't mean you're conservative being pro a doesn't mean you're a fucking trump supporter being pro a doesn't mean you're this crazy fucking neocon conservative what it means is i believe and i know and i've been raised since i was a young boy around firearms and believe to that to be a right, a right for me to have. Um, I've also raised you around guns yeah. and weapons and I've taught my son how to be safe around him. He's been shooting since he was probably like five years old, probably. Yeah, the first time he took You little boy. You know how crazy, <laughs> you know what's funny, is before you were even, when you were still in your mom's belly, I bought you your first rifle and you, that's your first gun you yeah. still have. So I bought I bought my son Christopher a ten twenty two Ruger, which is a little twenty two. I was so happy to be a father to have a son <laughs> that before he was even born, I bought him his he first gun. gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, but there's a lot of cool things, and I'll share those on my Instagram for those of you following. Uh, over the next few days, I'll share when this comes out. I'll share pictures of him, and I've been training him since he was young to use a gun and to be safe with guns. And um, some people ask me uh, the questions they ask me about being pro 2A was how do you feel about first-time gun buyers? People who want to buy a gun for the first time. And that is a wild topic for me because I've had people, uh, because of 
because of the, the, the social media sort of um, environment today, which is like you're pro gun, you're anti gun, yeah. you know, you're a Chevy guy, I'm a Ford guy. Yeah. You're male, I'm female, you know, all these kind of divisive topics. Um, I had people get really mad at me when I post, even when you were young and I'd post like you, like a little boy shooting and stuff. They'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, why are you teaching me these guns? Guns are evil. And, blah, blah. I, I, and I would lose my mind. I'm like, dude, you're fucking, you gotta be crazy. First yeah. of all, you know what I mean? But um, it's that's a divisive like, topic. Yeah. That's like putting me in Taekwondo and then saying, oh, let's see what you're teaching a kid violence. Yeah, exactly. Go beat people up. Yeah, he was, <laughs> my son was a black pawn taekwondo, but he learned discipline. Yeah, he learned hard work. He learned responsibility. It wasn't about the tools he was using to hurt people. It was about the tools he was using to live his life. Yeah, yeah, because that's For a, sure. such a good point. See, you guys, my son's smart. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so uh, the gun thing though. So I had people that were like super angry at me at times when I, when I would post pictures of you shooting after all the stuff that's been happening lately, after George Floyd and like all the writings that happened, literally come into my DMs and say, hey man, I'm sorry you had that thought and that perspective 10 years ago, but how do I buy a gun now? And I'm like, oh, dude, every ounce of my soul, like every ounce of my soul, the crusty who I am is a human wanted to tell him, why don't you go fuck <laughs> off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know, I, because here's the thing. Look at you now. Well, here's the thing. The, the reason why is because the, real, the, 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 the sort of situation there is that these are the same people that have been voting anti-gun in California for years now that make it almost impossible to buy a gun. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not impossible. You could totally buy a gun, but it takes time. You got to go through all this process and there's all this shit that goes on. You got to, you know what I mean? There's a ton of guns in California that are illegal. You can't have, you can't have high cap capacity magazines. There's all kinds of stuff. And all these things that I had to kind of finagle my way through just to be yeah. a gun owner in California, people were voting against. And now that they get a little scared, like how do I buy a gun? Yeah. And so, you know, what's crazy. I told him, here's how you buy a gun. You go to the gun store, you pick out a gun. This is when all this stuff popped off, by the way. You go to the gun store, you buy a gun, you pass a test, a safety test, you do your drills fees, which basically means you get a background check from the federal government, and then if you're lucky 10 days later, you get a gun. <clears throat> now, that's if you can find a gun, because there's fucking no guns in California anymore. As far as on the shelves, they're going by so quickly off the shelves, they're flying off the shelves so fastly, it's if you can find a gun for one, and if you do, good for you. But then even if you get to that point, now you got to buy ammo. Yeah, and all you assholes who voted against all these all these ammo bills, where now I got to put my name and do a background check for ammo and all this crazy shit. Like, so you made it so hard to get a gun that when you need a gun, when you absolutely need when a you gun, actually need one. You are the assholes who made it hard to get a gun, and now when you absolutely need one, now you want to come to me and ask me how to do it. I'm like, dude, it's insane. So, anyways, so but you, you've shot some pretty cool guns. Yeah, what do you think about guns? I mean, I agree with you. I think you should have the right to defend yourself. I mean, if there's an intruder in this house, I'd rather, you know, have a gun to protect me than a bat. Right. Especially if they have a gun, too. Yeah. It's insane. And that would totally go against, like, your kind of generation's viewpoint on it, you know? Yeah. You know? They would be like, oh, they'd be like, oh well, Chris Rumble's guns. He's bad. But I also think that it's not, I don't, um, I don't blame your generation for having that viewpoint, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, I don't either. I, it's they have that viewpoint because things have been so easy for so long. You know what I mean? Even my generation, like the last generation that really had to suffer for anything when it came to like war, like there's been wars that have gone on for since World War II, which really hasn't affected the home life back home. 
Yeah. So people don't understand what it's like to struggle. You know, World War II, the entire country was involved, right? Yep. You know, there was rationing. There was women out building airplanes, yep. and there was fucking. You know, what I mean, everyone had everyone had to pitch in. It's called total war. Exactly. Yeah. See, my son's smart. Everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying that because I'm proud of him. <laughs> but yeah, you know, what I mean, everybody had to be involved. But ever since then, we haven't had any real. We don't know what it's like to have to go storm the beaches of France. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And have, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know the actual number, but let's just say uh, 50,000 or 100,000 Americans killed in that war. I don't know what it is. The number is high, though. But forget that. Let's let's remember all the Jews who were killed. Let's remember all the people, the millions of Russians and everyone else who was killed for that war to yeah. happen uh, to realize why gun ownership is important and why it's it's okay to um or why this generation might not understand from a violence perspective maybe that's the way to put it maybe this generation doesn't understand violence yeah you know what i mean and maybe that's what it is and violence is always going to be out there man it is and so we should be able to protect ourselves from it you know for sure um what are some of the topics people were talking about? Oh, uh, somebody t- brought up a topic, and this is a good one for you because it's kind of falls right in with with, with your age your age group, in a sense. Um, the three life changes. This is a single mom, by the way. She asked me. She said, "Talk about the three life changes a man goes through." Um, and I thought like three life changes, and I really thought about. It. I'm like, well, I think the first life change is like you become a teenager in a yeah. sense. You know what I mean? And start when you, realizing you're not a kid anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> your balls wow. get hairy. You're like, oh shit, what's going on here? Guess what, dude? You're a young man. Jesus, <laughs> welcome to reality, bro. <laughs> you know, but I think being a teacher it's also not easy because I remember when you went to junior high, you went to a school. We'll call it the white school. It was the white school. <laughs> it was the white school. And those kids were wild, right? They were wild. <laughs> they were wild. Um, and that school, uh, it was definitely in a white neighborhood. It was definitely, um, I would call it the uppity area. No? No. What would you call it? school? Yeah. It was more privileged than here. I mean, they didn't have what people have here in your school district now. Yes, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't from my experience. It wasn't all. So you think it was more white trash than it was? <laughs> you said those words. I didn't. Oh, it's okay. I have white trash friends. I love white people. I don't care. I love all people, by the way. So anyone who's fucking it just like was very, uh, it's very like, um, what's the word? <laughs> it's kind of sketchy. For Ven- like, a, I call it. It's it's Ventura. We'll call it Ventucky. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Well, but I remember. I remember. But my point, getting back to the the topic, is that like when you're a young, the three changes in a young man's life, right? Or a man's life is you hit that age of like 12, 13 and you start to realize that boys pick on boys. Yeah. That's what they do. You know what I mean? I remember yeah. you having challenges at that school because yeah. kids were savages. Kids were savages <clears> at that school. <throat> yeah. And I remember going, damn, man. And I, it brought me back to my life because I, when I was a young kid, I got picked on a lot too. You know what I mean? So um, I think the first change in a young man's life, though, the three changes is, becoming kind of a coming of age yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like a rite of passage almost you get to that point where you're like 13 you start to realize like oh little boys are assholes now i gotta be an asshole i gotta i gotta asshole it up a bit so that i can protect myself you know and then i think the next second sort of phase for a young man's life for the three changes would be the first broken heart first broken heart yeah also happened in middle school 
That hurts, man. Oh, yeah, I remember that. When you're young. <clears throat> yeah, I remember my first one happened. I'm not going to say the girl's name because she was a hoochie mama, hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama. But she was, I remember I, I was like, I think I was probably in eighth grade. <clears throat> and uh, I was all about this girl. I was all in love with her. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember playing on cassettes, man. You kids don't even know what a cassette is, bro. On cassettes, playing like Izzy Brothers, like old school music. You know what I mean? Um, and I was all in love with her. And then I found out. She likes someone else. Yeah. And I thought that was the end of my world. I remember thinking to myself, I remember being in bed listening to that cassette, rewinding over and over and over again, going, <laughs> oh, my life sucks. My life's going to end. You were but see, simping. Yeah, but, well, for sure. But to me, at that point in my life, that was, that was the only frame the, I had to yeah, work with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, this is the end. This is this it. Is this sucks. End. I'm going to die. I'm never going to move life. past it. Yes. I'm never gonna, yeah, it was freaking horrible, man. The first broken heart. And I was like, oh, shit. So I think that's, I think the first broken, the first, and you get many more broken hearts after that, but that yeah. first one you the remember. The first one, you were, it just yeah. sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's like a, and I think we've talked about this before, when it comes to life, I call things like checkpoints in a video game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to me, that was like a checkpoint in my video game yeah. of life. Yeah, you always like, have like your first like traumatic yeah. experience and your first heartbreak and yeah. it just always sticks with you. Yeah, once I got there, I was like, I can't go back. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she broke my heart, that chick, you know? And then I think the third one, uh, for the mom who was asking me about the three kind of life changes a man goes through, I think the third one is when you actually become a man. Yeah. And I don't feel like hit that point until I had you. Yeah. You know? So um, I think those are the three biggest life changing ones. And then you get there and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And I think when a man becomes a father, I don't think I know. Like I said, I grew a vagina. Like life just changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just it you. That's another checkpoint. You're definitely the person you are today because you had a kid. Hundred percent. Yeah, we, we kind of raised each other. <laughs> totally. You hear that? He raised me, guys. <laughs> that fucker didn't pay any bills. <laughs> no, just kidding. But yeah, no. But you're right, though. You're absolutely right. That that was a checkpoint in my life. I'm like, oh damn. Um, and I, you know what's funny? Is I'm gonna tell another story. Um, there's a cousin I don't really care about. He's a piece of crap, to be honest. But um, we were sitting on a table of friends, my good friends. Rest in peace to a couple of them that aren't here anymore. But we're sitting on a table. We're playing dominoes. We're drinking. You were still in your mother's belly, and um, I remember this like it was. Oh man, it gives me anxiety right now thinking about it. But we're sitting there playing dominoes, right? Bunch of thugs hanging on a table playing dominoes. You know what I mean? Drinking beers or whatever. And I'm 22 years old, and I'm slapping down. I'm like, Domino. I'm like, hell yeah. And uh, my best friend looks up to me. Uh, one of my best friends, one of the two, he says, he goes, damn, off. Oh, rest in peace to this man. I love him, and I miss him. But he says, damn, is he going to be the first one who has a kid amongst us? I'm like, I'm like I know, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I know. Dude, I was like, dude, that's crazy, bro. I'm going to be responsible for the next 18 years of my life. And this idiot cousin of mine, I'll never forget the fucking moment he said this. But he looks up at me, and he goes, you moron. And I said, what? It's not for eight. It's for the rest of your life. And I remember like God just shot thunderbolts through my soul. Like, Oh, responsibility, <laughs> you know? And it was crazy. Cause I'll never forget that moment in my life. Never, ever forget that moment in my life. And that one was when I realized, and that was, that was my third moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, you know? So as much as I don't like that cousin or whatever, that was my third moment. You know what I mean? And I thought, Oh shit, this is real, man. I now am responsible for this kid for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's the rest of my life, bro. Yeah. 
That's wild. <laughs> you and I. So anyways, time I'll make sure one, to man. get you a good rest home. <laughs> You've earned it. You've earned it. <laughs> ah, man, just pat me into the tree and let the fauna eat me. Um, you know I'm a big nerd, right? Yeah. We, you know, no DeGrasse Tyson, right? We've talked about that guy yeah. before. Um, I like his his response to to death and what he was. There was a there was a there was a smart ass college student who thought he was real smart. He's like, hey, I'm gonna throw him off. He's like, hey, um, I know you're an atheist and you don't believe in God and blah blah blah. And like, what do you want to? And I'm paraphrasing, by the way. But he goes, what you know? What do you want to do when you die? Where do you want to go? And I love Neil deGrasse Tyson's response. And I'm paraphrasing again, but he said, hey, well, so I can answer that easily. He goes, yeah. So here's what I want. I want you to plant me. In the ground, I don't want you to burn my body because if you burn my body, what happens is all that carbon just goes up into the atmosphere. Yeah. It's not used for anything. But I want you to do is I want you to plant me under some trees somewhere or plants or whatever, and let the fauna just feed off of me, because then my energy goes back into yeah. something. Energy's transferred, and I'm transferring my energy into yeah. something. And I always thought that was a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. You know, so I'm not sure I want to get burned. Just put me under a tree somewhere, man. Let the worms get me. You know, let let uh. Let my energy be given back to the earth because at the end of the day, we're all just energy. Yeah. <laughs> we're stardust, baby boy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everything is energy. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck yeah, it's energy, man. There's this really cool meme of a, a father and a son walking and they're holding hands and there's like there's like battery chargers on both their backs. Mm-hmm. And the father's charger is going down and his son's is rising up. Yeah. That's an important meme for you and I. <laughs> I love that, man. It always made me think of you. You know, it's just a transfer of energy, man. That's all it is. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, discuss? I know you had some topics on your mind. Um, I know this. So one thing that I thought was really cool is, is a lot of parents hit me up and said, I listened to the podcast with my kid, mm-hmm. who's your son's age, you know? And they were like, hey, I, it's really cool that you guys had that relationship. And it was really cool for my son to be able to hear this podcast and kind of see how you guys interact and kind of the relationship yeah. you have. I mean, is there anything you want to tell kids your age or anything that you want to talk about your age, just from your age group perspective? Uh, don't be a-holes to your parents. They're, they're trying. And I know you're trying to. And sometimes you can be pretty out of pocket sometimes. And you may feel bad about it afterwards. But, you know, just be aware. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I raised a good guy. Thank you. I don't, man, thanks. That's, that's awesome. And I think a lot of parents are going to really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think a lot of young people are going to appreciate that too. I think people, young people today are more aware today than they ever been. Like when I grew up, I wasn't aware of grandma trying. I was just a wild animal. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't wait till you guys hear my story, man. I swear to God. When this podcast Poor hears, grandma. I know. And, and you know what? And the, people ask me, we'll talk about this some more in the next podcast. Well, a lot of people ask me if I have any regrets. One of the only regrets I have, and there's only there's only very there's very few regrets in my life I have. I like to live my life. Um, least regret, least regrets possible, and the least amount of bad karma coming back yeah. to me. I like to be honest, straight up front about who I am, what I am, uh, what I expect, what I give out, um, because I believe I really do <laughs> truly know and believe that karma does exist. It does for sure. Uh, and I think one of the only things I do regret, which and there's very few of those, again, is being a wild animal. <laughs> And although I was a young kid and I probably shouldn't blame myself, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And grandma has told me flat out, hey, um, I've, I've already forgiven you for those things you did. You, you, you know, I, she told me. And I was like, damn. And that was a moment in my life which was like a checkpoint. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. 
she forgave me, but still I'll never forgive myself for a lot of those things. Um, so, but forgiveness and forgiving yourself is an important thing too, people. It's part of mental health, man. It really is. It is. You have to forgive yourself. Yeah. And when grandma told me that, I was like, oh man, I can breathe again. After, I don't know, 20 some years, I wasn't, you guys will hear over the next few podcasts of how absolutely, um, insane (laughs) I've lived my life. Devil child. Yeah. I shouldn't be alive. I'm lucky to be alive and I'm blessed and I'm, and I'm really happy to be here and I'm really happy to be able to have this podcast with my son. Um, this is awesome stuff, man. I love you and I appreciate love you. Too. Um, everybody, thank you so much for all the, um, just all the positivity. Yeah. I, I just, I, Keep I spreading it, man. I, I, there's no way I can say it any other way other than saying, uh, I'm overwhelmed and touched by everybody's stories and all the stuff that have come in. Uh, we'll continue to do this. Chris, you'll be a podcast guest Yeah. every now and then. We'll have like a maybe father and son segment or something. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll continue to do do this thing. But um, I have some really cool guests coming on. <clears throat> like I said, I have um, family members and cousins and friends and homies and business partners. I have a whole plethora of people that are be coming on in the future talking about kind of me and uh, not talking about me in, in general, but just to give a perspective and background on kind of who I am, why I am the way I am. And I think uh, I'll say it this way. I'm a man of a thousand stories. Yeah. And I have probably 20 different nicknames from when I was born until now. <clears throat> so and you'll learn every reason why I have those, or why I have all those yeah. crazy nicknames. So anyways, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, give it up to this kid, Chris. By the way, this is hashing out with Javi, but at some point we're gonna have checking in with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> how to say it? Just I had to say, say it. it, but we're gonna do it. I'm just gonna drop that down there and plant that seed. And uh, we appreciate you all. We look forward to uh, to uh, to you know making this thing uh, grow and continue, man. We appreciate you guys. All right, peace out. Peace. Hey.